0: Welcome to Every All Member with Mike Knox. My name is Michael Mansour and I'm joined as always by my steamy, hot, spicy, sweaty, musky, wet co host Alexander Volts. Say hello.
1: Put on deodorant, still musky for you, those of you watching on YouTube. This is my um, world is ending look. It is uh, basketball shorts, purchased at Ross, uh, cut <laughs> off, Prince, uh, tea and. Uh, a bandana to cover my face when I go outside. It's the floor is literally lava today.
0: It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. We, also, this is every old man with the pie. Ah, what?
1: Also, warning: we might like we might hit a blackout. My.
0: We had a little bit of uh, powers in and out, and we might, if this episode ends abruptly and it picks up in an awkward spot, you know what happened. But this is every album ever with Mike and Alex, the podcast where we listen to every single album in the world, one artist at a time. It's a new discography, more or less, per episode. And today we are talking about Fugazi. Fugazi, dude, dude. Fugazi is my Beatles, all right? So oh, be prepared. Shit. If you say one bad word about them, I will cold cock you I
1: immediately. A, I got a few. I will
0: fucking kill you,
1: Alex. I will kill you. Okay. Uh, I got a few bad words, but not too many.
0: Yeah, I'm glad. Uh, what the fuck were we talking about? Uh, something about uh, you, plugs, plugs, plugs. Plugs. Yeah, that's what, yeah. If you want to help us, because I'm sure you do. After this insane and very very hot intro, uh, support us. Subscribe on YouTube, Apple Apple Podcast. I'm losing my fucking words. Spotify. Fucking. Tell a friend uh, Instagram share clips, do whatever you want or you can do none of it and keep listening because that is also good for us as well. Uh, God damn it. Why is everything going out? Uh, if you're watching the video, I'm messing with my this little TV is screen
1: going to be the greatest episode ever. Or the worst episode.
0: Ever. I'm already liking it. Yeah. I'm already <laughs> liking it. Uh, You should uh, definitely follow me on Instagram at Ventura and Alex at Motherpuncture. Every week, we'll be posting the artists that we're currently covering. So if you want to send us emails, DMs, thoughts on that artist, we can read it on the pod, stuff like that. It's all cool. Uh, And of course, there should be a link to a Spotify playlist on Fugazi in the description of wherever you're listening or watching. We got playlists associated with every single goddamn episode, all the way from episode one, Yellow from 1970. What year did we start this podcast?
1: We did start in 1973, mm-hmm. and uh, we were uh, young men yeah. when we
0: started. Unlike now, no, we're we're still young men. We're young, Rivera. we're very alone. Uh, so, deal with that, or, you know, not. But, Fugazi. So, this one is re- was requested by Mike. I swear to God, it's not me. Yes. A different Mike, but thank you, because uh, this is one of the top five most important bands in my life, I must say.
1: I think they're uh, this uh, an important band in general. Before going going into this, I didn't realize how popular they were because of the um, the the documentaries they've done. I just saw them playing like youth centers mm-hmm. and stuff.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, like fucking uh, basketball courts and I, stuff.
1: Yeah, but in researching this, man, they could play like two thousand seed venues. They could
0: do anything at the highest level and it's astounding like the i don't okay i love the musically obviously we'll get into that more specifically but uh ethically i have trouble thinking of very many artists that even come a fraction close to what these guys did yeah when it comes to their musical integrity their professional integrity their love of music their adamant it seems adamant uh nature to avoid money like they just keep avoiding money on purpose. Some people would say
1: militant. Let me run through some Fugazi rules. Okay. No set list, no set list, no merch, no merch, no moshing, no moshing shows would never be more than $5. Never. And they practice four to six hours a day, four days a week.
0: All of that absolutely bled through their music. Yes. And through their, their legacy. Every single one of those things is insane by normal standards. Uh, well, maybe not the, the practicing thing. If you want to be good, you can practice that much. But uh, everything else, uh, they would frequently... Uh, I don't remember which one of the members said it, but he said, uh, for every one show that we did, we turned down 50 others because they wouldn't follow our rules. Yes. Like, if you're going to charge 30 bucks a ticket, we're not doing it. Just as simple yeah. as
1: that. Um, yeah, and that's something I want people to think about because we'll bring it up towards the end when we talk about... The possible future. Yeah. So So
0: as of right now, they are, they have been on a quote unquote, uh, indefinite hiatus, the most bullshit hiatus. This is, we broke up, but we don't want to let go completely. It's like a really, really sad marriage, (laughs) except like they all still hang out and they play together. they still play together privately, but just don't play shows. It's
1: like uh, when your parents are separated and they live in the same house, but they're sleeping in different bedrooms, seeing other people.
0: Yeah. 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 Just call it, just call it. But Uh, I do like that. Uh, Never say never. uh, You know, who knows what will happen we still love each other very much. We're still going to make music if we can. We'll see what happens. Yeah, Uh, I like that. Uh, But it's been 19 years since the last album, I feel like. I
1: think also, never mind the the band members. I thought we were going to talk about it at the end. Never mind the band members doing it. I think there's a lot of logistical problems. Yeah. Uh, because the demand
0: would be so huge they've yeah their their legacy has is be, become so beloved that
1: i don't I don't know how you do five dollar shows you could
0: no well, inflation you could adjust but like and
1: you, yeah, and I don't know how like these shows just aren't the most chaotic things ever because
0: it would because like i i I don't know i mean like I'm trying to wrap my head around how that would even happen because they've been offered just the Lots most of money. the most ridiculous amounts of money to just
1: Coachella money just
0: just to do one show yeah. and like if we want to do a show we do a show yeah. like it's not going to be the money that does it which is i kept reading that from every every band member at different points mm-hmm. they would each say it's not going to be the money that does it it's gonna be because we we want something we have something new to say yes. and we we have the time to do it and we we think we can it's good for the everybody in the band and like they at this point it's so much it's so much not about what fans want it's just about mm-hmm. what they want as a grown old oh, man now yes. they're like all yes. pushing 60 they all have families like I yeah absolutely God yeah. bless you D- yeah. don't ever do it again if you don't fucking want to
1: hypothetically if they did get back together I feel like one it'd have to be a festival which violates the cheap yeah and then two how do you enforce no moshing at something that size, I, well, even toward the end, there they kind of like they loosened up,
0: they loosened up a little bit because, like,
1: I wish more bands <laughs> would do that. Like, I love that Tool doesn't have like a, a pit area, it's just mm-hmm. chairs.
0: That's cool. Um, it's also a different kind of band, yeah, yeah. And uh, with Fugazi. Uh, did you watch the instrument documentary?
1: No, it's been a long time. So
0: I was watching it today and I, that was the first time I'd seen it since I was a kid. And it's very, very lengthy. It's very cool. If you're a mm-hmm. fan of Fugazi, it's fucking, it's definitely, a definite must. But if you're not, it's not going to make a fan because it's the way of the way it's shot. It's very long and like spacey and psychedelic kind of uh, almost psychedelic, but there's a lot of uh, old life footage. And some of it is so fucking fascinating and fun to watch because you're looking at, you hear about these stories, how uh, people were getting too aggressive in the crowd, they'd stop the show and then say, Hey, you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. What are you doing? Knock it off. And yeah. if they did knock it off, they would have him kicked out, refunded his money. And which is also refunding their money. Who the fuck does that? <laughs> like they would um, every person they would kick they would kick out. They had uh I don't remember where I heard this. I heard it years back. It might have been in uh our back of your life with you had a, uh, like last week we did bottle surfers, mm-hmm. uh, they had a uh, beefy chapter on them in there. There's another beefy chapter on Fugazi in that same book. Um, it might've been that one where one of them were said they had, uh, just piles of envelopes with $5 in them to give to people in case they were kicked out. Like they were already prepared to give refunds, Yeah. which so oh, is my goodness. So in, in the, the reason I brought it up in the doc, uh, it's hardly a documentary, too. It's more like just a movie. But there's a a scene where uh they stop the show and Ian and Guy are are grabbing a guy from the front row with a leather jacket and dragging him on stage, like pulling him up on stage. And I couldn't figure out if he was it was a bad thing or it was a good thing. Mm-hmm. And Ian gets him in a headlock and he has the microphone. He says, I don't like being spat on at my shows. So do you apologize? And the guy is, is fucking wasted. This guy yeah. is hammered. And he's screaming,
2: right on.
0: It's like, do you apologize? Right on. Do you apologize? Right on. He's like, okay, I'm not to ask you to leave. And he, he moves him out and the security grabs him and they throw him out. Uh, and the crowd erupts because it was just hilarious. And, yeah. Like how often. Oh, and then, uh, then Gee grabs the mic and he says that that's just frontier justice. That's what we do here. Yeah. Like, I've n- I don't never see I've never seen any band do that. Never like they really policed their own shows and yeah. like, took matters into their own hands. And it was never violent. They were just mm-hmm. like, no, fuck you, don't be an asshole or get out.
1: Yeah. 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 I wish more bands would do that, cause uh I kind of get the appeal of moshing if you're in your early twenties. Yeah. But after that, after that, everyone needs to cut this shit out. It's not fun for anybody except the 20 or 50 people being assholes
0: yeah and and my experience at at punk shows and metal shows but more punk shows um the the people i mean because you get whoever however many people want to mosh and pit and stuff and there's always usually it's like one guy who's yes. the instigator, like one guy who's yes. really really mad about his day Or his Mm. life, or his parents, or whatever.
1: That's the other thing. It's not like, uh, you know, it's not like a communal thing anymore. It's just these
0: assholes. Sometimes it is, honestly. Like sometimes, like, kind of universally, if you fall, everyone picks you up, kind of thing. But usually there's one guy sometimes there's more than one guy and those two guys go at it where they're just really punchy and they just grab like they grab mm-hmm. shirts like you got my fucking shirt you're getting punched in the face i'm sorry yeah Let's just don't grab my shirt
1: oh yeah they're trying to drag people in yeah. who are like clearly want no part like
0: clearly want no part like
1: why would that change their their fucking mind yeah. whatever but it i told you, a bit uh, i hope
0: mashing. i would hope uh that I don't yeah nah, I I totally get that like just relax and they don't stu- I think a little bit of the misconception with Fugazi like I don't think they stop people from dancing or like uh, I think they stop the people who are really aggressive about it the,
1: th- the thing that gets me more than moshing because it's like it's almost confined is the people who push yeah their way to the front oh yeah yeah that that is way more disruptive I think
0: yeah the pillagers dude those guys who who steal spots if you weren't there early dude accept your fate in the back exactly uh there was a I don't remember he was a member of a band he he told us a little, I saw a little quote of his about Fugazi it was very cute uh not really cute but whatever uh he was at a show and he was in the crowd and there was like people friends of Fugazi from DC had driven up to wherever it was and they were actively stopping people from dancing whoever started like, actively, like, like, hey, hey, fucking knock it off. Mm-hmm. And he was, this guy was so fucking furious by that. Like, he wrote Ian an angry letter in red ink. He said, uh, saying, like, who the fuck do you think you are? Like, it's like, you're you're promoting the same thing you say you're against. Like, the, the whole fascist mentality of, like, controlling. And he said, we didn't know they were doing that. Uh, we didn't tell him to do that. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> like, we... And then he basically reiterated what we already said, which is, like, if they're being violent and aggressive, then sure, but... Yeah. Not gonna, like, force people to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, we... This band is easy to talk about. This is a very easy band to talk about. Also,
1: uh, we didn't even talk about that, uh, you know, we covered Minor Threat how yeah. many years ago? Uh,
0: 17? 17, 17 years ago, years ago we uh,
1: covered Minor Threat and this is
0: Minor Threat, what was that? Episode fucking 49 or something.
1: This 46. is almost like uh the last thing I'll say before we do the rundown. This
0: It was episode 49 for sure.
1: Like a Washington D.C. supergroup. Yeah. Minor Threat. Rights of Spring and some other band I'm forgetting.
0: Uh Happy Go Licky. Um Happy Go licky had uh drummer Brendan Canty and Kiko D- Dude, Brendan Brendan
1: Canty, one of the most overrated under. drummers. Un- ever. Over.
0: You think over. No, no, no. no under, you said over. Under. Under, under for sure. Underrated. I've been saying that. I've been saying that yeah. for years. Uh,
1: he is one of the best one of drummers the best. ever.
0: He is absolutely fucking amazing. It's easy to kind of uh lump him in with the rest of Fugazi cuz everybody Fugazi is really good oh yeah, yeah uh but i think in certain albums certain songs he shines so bright so very bright he's he, one-
1: he's so inventive and fun and just amazing
0: yeah so uh bassist joe lally he was like he was a roadie i think or he went on tour with some dc band i forget which and by the end of it he was like i want to play bass I want to play bass in a band uh and he tried and you know a few people and then Ian was like not looking for a band I think at the point because he just so I I talked about
1: embrace
0: I've talked about embrace before embrace essentially created emo along with right to spring Mm -hmm. it was they called it emo core back then it was just emotional hardcore emo turned into a a, certainly a very different thing later on but uh embrace was a really good band they had one self-titled album that I really I highly recommend that album it's fucking really good and it, Embrace sorry. was was I know it was a very boring backstory. Yeah, oh, like I'm sorry oh. this I'm sorry this fucking amazing DC history is boring. Take a nap over. Uh, <laughs> that's what you get. That's what you fucking get. That's what I fucking His get. headphones fell off, by the way, <laughs> when he said that. Uh, oh this is a ho- literal hot mess. It's a hot one. Uh, <clears throat> seven inches from the midday God bless you. Uh, so, Embrace was in on vocals with the band, all the other members of the band, the Faith, which was coincidentally led by his younger brother, Alec. Mm -hmm. The Faith is a hardcore punk band, a very good band. But anyway, uh, they broke up. I don't know why they broke up, but I I know it was messy. Whatever it was, it was... Mm. Because I think all the members were already still pissed off at each other from, from the faith. They already Mm. broke up. the, The faith broke up for a reason. They were already mad at each other. And then Ian pretty much just got them all back together again. And that they played like 15 shows, I think. So it wasn't like a, they didn't last very long. And he was cynical from bands and he just wanted to be around people. He liked, he liked Joe Lally. So they started playing together. And what was very surprising to me that I learned was Joe was just learning bass at the time i think oh wow and he is fucking really good
1: no he is the like so many bands are based around guitar and vocal and you you take the bass out of fugazi it's not it's not, not fugazi it's not fugazi it is driven by the bass at least for two thirds of their career oh absolutely
0: and w- one thing that i didn't I didn't put it in my head till way later in the discography is that Ian and Guy are his name looks like it says his name is not Guy. It's spelled Guy, but it's pronounced Mm Guy. Uh, They are the most brilliant layers. So it's most songs. If you really kind of break it down, it's like Joe doing this really funky baseline, Brendan being very him and Brendan being Mm -hmm. very tight together. And then Ian throwing this one layer on this one weird guitar line, and then Gee throwing another guitar line over that, and then the way it all meshes—it's just it's beautiful. It's a perfect storm. They're they're the
1: most Washington D.C. band ever because uh, I talked about it on the Minor Threat episode. But there's also like a uh, very D.C. funk genre called Go Go, which all the punk guys loved in D.C. So this is like really like I think Ian said he wanted to make a band that sounded like the stooges with reggae yeah and uh yeah you can i think he succeeded in doing that and yeah you can hear the the go-go you can hear the punk it what minor threat did for punk is what fugazi did for post-punk
0: yeah post-hardcore i think it was hardcore whatever post dude any genre with the word "post" in front of it, I'm immediately checked out. Even if I mean, I love m- a lot of that music. Yeah, I'm probably more it's than most music. Not like
1: a label, I'm I just gonna be like, oh, it's post punk. Let I, me hear that.
0: So it, what it does is it, it things like post rock, post punk, post hardcore. They they try to the labels made for bands that really can't be labeled, which really bothers me. Like I don't want to label them. Why would it's, I don't like it? Yeah,
1: yeah. It's kind of like these bands that. Have aesthetics of the genre, but they're not interested in playing that music. So,
0: like, for example, uh, Sigur Rós and mm-hmm. uh, Godspeed of Black Emperor are both considered post rock. Couldn't be two more different bands, yes. Couldn't you would never think they're the same genre if you listen to both yeah. bands back? Like, that, that's why I don't like post labels or labels in general, general really, but or, or post Malone, really. Just or, get out of here, yeah. Just anything post, post office, get the fuck out. Uh, <laughs> But uh, Fugazi, in their lifespan, uh, released six f- actual full-length albums, I believe. Um, You're in charge of that. Hold on. I don't know. So six actual albums. Uh, the first two EPs were compiled into basically an album. So that one's technically the seventh. And then uh, they also have a soundtrack for the, the documentary that we were talking about. And that would be the eighth. So we're going to be covering eight albums total. First one, uh, first CP was released in 1988, last album 2001 I suppose it is as good a time as any to jump in it is we've been uh, fucking gabbing away so this is the first two EPs this is 13 songs 1989
1: and if you've heard Fugazi
0: this is the song it is this is their most famous song and that outrages me It outrages me. I'm not even kidding. I like the song a lot, but it fucking outrages me. Already some very strange arrangement choices, and it's already way more interesting than any punk song.
1: The first time I couldn't believe this was like the same guy. Yeah. Minor threat. Like.
0: If you've ever heard Fugazi, it was this song, I'm assuming. Yeah, it if, had to have been.
1: If you're not familiar with this song, you're not going to know any of the other yeah, songs we yeah.
0: play. played. Ian still has his very charming mush mouth going on. Yes. Which never goes away. No. Christ.
1: This song. Alright.
2: <laughs> you want to get up?
1: That song features uh, a lot of. It's like a very meta thing to do in music to say stop and then have the music stop. Or oh yeah, a lot of elements, two bars in this.
0: Yeah, a full full stop. Yeah, it, it's very fascinating. It's and a great it's, song. It's something they they do throughout. Their, their arrangement period. is unmatched and also least favorite. Damn yeah. son, and here's the thing: I have a Damn, long- look
1: at Mr. Andy... Like popular shit over here. Here's
0: here's the thing. This is so not indicative of what they will become one album from now. It's like, really? I think this and the next one are not even close. Not even close. Nine day, nine day. And this is, so here's why, one of the reasons why I strongly feel that way. Uh, This, I heard this, I bought this album when I was 12 and uh, I was a big hooker punk fan. I loved Ian from, from minor threat obviously and my brother kept saying fugazi dude you just got to try it like, yeah you just got to listen to like i don't have not heard him you buy it yeah and i said okay and i i remember i remember being at tower records back because we're seven years old uh and being like at a, at a crossroads i was like i want this fugazi album or i want danzig's first album because i was a big danzig fan
1: oh as a as a kid i'm going dancing here's the thing yeah
0: Normally I would have. Yeah. And if I had bought the Danzig album, I would have fucking loved it. Cause that's my favorite Danzig yeah. album. But I decided to go with Bugazi. and I was so disappointed. Oh. I was so disappointed <laughs> because I like waiting room. It's a great song. And it, it, the, this is objectively pretty good. Gee's voice on this entire fucking thing makes me want to pull my hair out. It turned me off completely. I thought he had the dumbest, most annoying, obnoxious voice. I hated the way he sang. I hated everything about him. And he's on uh, six out of the 11 songs on here.
1: That's And you're yelling at me at the beginning that I can't throw haymakers.
0: And you're coming out shitting. Shitting on a, one of the most beloved. And guess what? I love this man. I love Gee I think he has a fucking great voice. Every, after, he, after this, I become a huge fan of his. Yeah. Huge fan. I'm, here,
1: it's... I'm, Give me the cure. He almost sounds British on that song.
0: He's got this weird inflection on everything. And I want, you know what? Put on Bulldog Front because that it's the second track for one. I think and you it,
1: just don't like songs with Bulldog in the title.
0: That's a, that's a callback to uh, Bottle Surfer's Lonesome Bulldog, which is a bad song. Hear, just listen to Gee. It's.
2: It's Come a, on, tell
1: you a, don't want to punch in the face. It's a vocal choice that would annoy me and a lot of other bands, but it, I, I think it's fun. Like, I don't know. Some bands, you, they this get away with things I wouldn't allow from
0: other bands. No, I, I totally get that. Uh, but the thing is that as a kid, I was not willing. I was not willing. And, and as I got older, I, I liked it a lot more. And then uh, the reason why this is my least favorite is because even though I fucking still like so many of these songs so much, just, it feels so poppy and like teenagery.
1: I mean, it is poppy. I feel like that is a, a not a traditional pop, but yeah. more, more friendly stuff you could play in front of normies. It's kind of,
0: they, it, you definitely could. But other albums they do, they still have songs like that, that would do the job better. I feel like because, uh, I was so turned off by this album as a kid that I didn't even want to buy more. Mm. And here's the thing. Finally, when I did finally cave and buy another one, I was like, oh, they're the best band in the world. Hold wait, wait Hold on. I was so mad that I started with this one. Like, <laughs>
1: like god this damn This is a fan maker. This is why what most fan people... Fan maker? How dare you? This is why most people love Fugazi. It is listed up there with, like, never mind in terms Fuck of influence. Fuck no, dude. Influence.
0: And it also bothers me that this is what people kind of uh, harken back to as the glory days of Fugazi. Like, oh man, they, they started, I like they I used to like them. They suck now. Those people are wrong. They're completely the, wrong.
1: Whole, to me, their whole career is their glory days. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. They, I felt they only got better as they went along. So if, you're, if we're using the death logic, episode 23 probably, mm-hmm. it's been a long time, uh, they, a band who just kept getting better as they went along, yeah. clearly the earliest is the weakest. But this is the only one where I feel like I kinda just this doesn't even feel like the same band. Like there's still elements. Obviously they sound like the same guys, but like the writing is different. Uh you could tell here that it's all it's Ian writing all the songs. Oh yeah. You can definitely tell that. It
1: was. The, that's part of how they changed. It went from Ian presenting them with songs to um it becoming a more... Like, more of a democracy... Yeah. ...thing, but,
0: so... By the next album, uh, they were all writing together. Uh, and here, also, um, Guy was not on second guitar. He was just on backup vocals and regular vocals. Because mm-hmm. I... Uh, from what I know of the, the backstory, he, like... He wanted to be in the band, but he knew he had no place. He's like, you guys are, you guys are great. You guys are doing, I'm just going to hang out with you guys. And then he would just like sing along and like do, do hype man stuff. Yeah. He was so influenced by hip hop. Yeah. Uh, that finally he just started singing with them and they're like, you know what? Fuck it. Come on board. Just yeah. start singing
1: with us. You'll be our flavor flavor.
0: Yeah. Which is hilarious to think of a punk band with a hype man, which is what, this that's is great. what, they, that's what yeah. they
1: were. It's great. Uh, Cause Mike is such a negative Nancy. <laughs> I really like and the same and uh, promises is really epic.
0: Promises is one of their best songs. It's Uh, absolutely incredible. I'm
1: glad you feel that way.
0: That even as a kid, I was like, "This song is the best. This is the best song ever." We
1: talk a lot about uh, strong openers. Yeah, Fugazi are the kings of closers. Oh yeah, I think like chills. Eight eight out of ten times, their closers are fucking amazing,
0: and they never seem to repeat the style of closer. No, like it's never, it's not always just like one big dramatic thing. Sometimes it's something completely opposite. Sometimes it's something way upbeat and fast and, and crazy. Sometimes it's something uh, uh, completely mellow, completely mellow, completely not dark at all. Not, not Mm -hmm. aggressive. It's just really tasteful, like really smart songwriters and arrangers.
1: They they are amazing arrangers.
0: One thing about this band that you, you see more or hear more as as you go along it really is a perfect band because it's a, that's a, it's a bold statement. And I'm sure it's like it sounds like a total fanboy, which I am. So fuck you guys. But it's every member doing their part the best they can mm-hmm. and all of them wanting the same thing. Yes. Like I, and I think that's like when you hear about big blowups with bands or bands that are kind of, you know, really implode. It's because there's just differing, you know, different creative choices
1: and all that.
0: Yeah. This one they all wanted the same thing from beginning to end and it, mm-hmm. it really shines. It's crazy how that how much something like that can really bleed through, but
1: I would agree with that.
0: Uh other other things that I like, uh suggestion I think oh, is pretty legendary.
1: Yeah, that's like a big song of theirs and it's so weird. Because it's written from the perspective of a woman walking yeah. down the street, yeah, and how men objectify her.
0: It's a total anti-rape song. It's a total well, like
1: I well, not even I don't. I well, maybe I have to go. I didn't pick up. I no, didn't go. They've that, They've gone.
0: They've gone on okay. Record, completely okay. anti-rape. Completely anti-objectification of, of women. It's like one. Of the, it's like the feminist anthem. Yeah, which yeah. Is, which is a weird thing to, to hear when you're twelve. I was like, huh, this is interesting. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, uh, but. I was reading on Genius about the lyrics, and I guess there's some some blowback. Who? What? Wait, from from who? Like, People who like rape? I'm, I'm no, confused. No, just like uh, what's the word for it? Like punk feminist girl? Like,
0: tell them to fuck themselves. Riot, this is like- riot girls would, dude, they can go fuck themselves. This is completely like
1: I will not tell them that. I I, w- I don't want that. I don't, I don't want that smoke.
0: I don't give a fuck, dude. <laughs> go fuck yourself. Dude, like I stand <laughs> by this band so much and like if you if you look at old footage of, of Ian kind of talking to the crowd, by today's standards, it's almost pandery because of how how fucking progressive it is and how and how like how much like it's obvious to us now. Like, yeah, no shit. These people deserve rights, but like back in the, you know, late eighties, it wasn't quite as obvious. There's one,
1: uh, well, some people would still call, call you I, a, a snowflake. I think there's
0: a very minor, a very vocal minority, but, uh, there there's footage of him. Uh, it was for suggestion. He kind of changed the lyrics because he, uh, to be about, uh, anti, anti gay, gay mm-hmm. mashing violence. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Cause there were, there were, there had just been a, an article published about these, uh, people like attacking gay people at a park or something like that. And he was going on about like, what the fuck's wrong with you? How dare you kind of thing. And I, I didn't, you don't get this, get it from the footage, but I learned later on like supplemental information from some other guy. Uh, he said there was a, the article that you know, was talking about, it was skinheads who were not, well kind of like bragging about uh, getting rid of all the racist skinheads, all the mm-hmm. Nazis from the scene or from the area. And they were like really proud of that. It was those same guys who are attacking the gay people. So it's like this incredibly hypocritical yes. thing. Like how, who, like
1: how do you stand with one group? Yeah. But not the other. You're
0: the, you're, you are exactly what you hate if you're doing yeah.
1: that. Yeah. And then another thing they're ahead of the curve on is burning to a song about climate change, which in 1989, Oh, yeah. I, people were talking about the ozone burning, but not so much like, yo, we're. F- it was there, but not real prevalent. But yeah, they're covering that here. So it's,
0: it's, I hope that's not a sequel to Burning, that song. It's, it's spelled, called Burning. T- it's called
1: There's a lot of like playful wordplay like throughout their it, career.
0: Yeah, it seems a little more playful than an actual Unforgiven 2 situation. Uh, both burnings, I think, are great the first burning is a lot more like driving and angry. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the few songs where I like Gee's voice on it, mm-hmm. uh, but burning too. I I've always liked that one a lot more.
1: Yeah. I don't think the first burning has to do with climate change. So right, right. it's like a little jokey, jokey mm-hmm. thing.
0: Uh, so I mean, I'm, I'm actually glad we've been talking more about the, the record as a whole. Cause like I have thoughts on mm-hmm. damn near every single song. Um, but, uh, there, there's just a few takeaways that are that are important, like how out of the gate tight everything is. And I, I remember reading that I think they played together for like a year before their first show yeah. just to make sure they were fucking immaculate. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a fuck, man. The dedication is just so admirable, and it, it, it sounds like it. They're really, really fucking tight, super funky. The most they're the most funky on this record, yes, by a long shot. Um, like. The reggae elements are more prevalent and I you know me, I fucking hate reggae, but like this doesn't it's not reggae. It's just really, really funky punk. It, it well feels
1: they like, use elements of reggae, like stuff from dub reggae. And yeah. They don't they don't go full like jaw mom. No,
0: no, no. That would be fucking. Because really they're smart they, and they know not to do that. They really are. Uh but this is a version of the band that I think it feels like only existed here. Uh, because as soon as the, they add the second guitar, which we're, we're about to start start talking about, it's it's a whole new world. It's a whole new world. So, uh, my least favorite, although I still enjoy it from time to time. Still... It's a fucking liar. He
1: fucking hates it. I,
0: I don't hate came it. Came out hot. I don't hate He's it. He's a hypocrite. I just think he sounded weird. I think he sounded weird here. He gave me
1: shit for hypothetically maybe talking shit about fugazi i did
0: i said i would hit him that's and true and then he
1: came out the gate talking shit about fugazi i'm a hypocrite too never forget that people
0: i also attacked gay people in the park i'm a, I'm a giant hypocrite uh, i wasn't gonna go there <laughs> wait wait. uh uh have you heard right to spring no yeah. so i haven't heard him since i was i was like an early teenager a little a kid but i do remember liking his voice there too mm. so it's like this only this record where i don't like him
1: And people better believe we're going to cover that band eventually. Of course, of course. course. We'll get around to them. Hell yeah.
0: But until then, we are going to move on to the first actual record. This is 1990s Repeater.
1: I think these, uh, however you want to listen, divide them up into EPs or whatever. I think... Think uh, or albums as most people will listen. I think they're like great little companion pieces, one-two punch. Uh,
0: yeah, three songs is another is an EP that's included on the streaming version of this. Um, and that is on here as well. We're obviously going to be talking about that, but for now, I'll shut up.
1: But yeah, this is very different,
0: very different, and I'm already getting chills. More, more loving it. Open this sneeze real quick. Away from the mic. Or not. Oh no, let's straight up.
2: Nigger Rice is reaching mm-hmm. To turn off the alarm mm-hmm. And there's never so much see there
0: oh man okay all right let's, let's talk now I'm gonna
1: be a little hypocritical because on the Elliot Smith or various mm-hmm. other bands I've trashed. I complain about how they they sing about very boring mundane um, things right and they can't make it interesting or into songs they care about. Fugazi does not have that problem this is a very mundane. The lyrics are very mundane, mm-hmm. but the music, like there's nothing mundane about the music and it's a great song.
0: Personal favorite. I really, really, really love this album. Yeah, This I feels mean, like a perfect album to me, honestly.
1: I mean, yeah, these accolades could, or the positive accolades yeah. could be div- divvied up a number of ways. Yeah. This, so. this was hard
0: for me. This was yeah. very difficult. Like I, growing up, I always considered this one the best. Uh, and then when I came down to, it, I thought like, it's just me, though. Like I, I mean, it's it. Obviously, any any one of these can be considered the best. But like, ah, mm-hmm. th- oh, fuck, man. It's oh, there's 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 a power thing. There's a power thing. Are we still live? We are still live. All right. It's gonna get hot though.
1: Gonna get it's gonna hot. get real
0: hot. AC is uh, taking a taking a beating. Yes, it is. Um, hold I- on. Actually, let me check my battery. Oh. that's another one. That's me changing the album cover by <laughs> mistake. Hold on, everyone. It's hot, everyone. All right, I've on blaming for this. Oh yeah, we're good. We're good. We're good. Okay, so you can just it all that out. I'm not gonna. Oh, a, all right. I mean, we do what we gotta do, man. Uh, wait, wait, what the fuck were they saying? This album being very good. Yes. Uh, the 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 pacing, I think, is on the on this album. I think the pacing is completely unmatched, uh, especially in their discography. Mm. Uh, really, every song just stays the right amount of time. Every time there's something a little bit slower, they fucking, they speed it up on the next track. Everything. I mean, I'm getting all fucking tongue-tied. It's how flustered I am. It's how much I love this goddamn record. Like, uh, uh, where is my track list? Doesn't matter. I, uh, blueprint comes in at a time. What comes in after, uh, what is it? Uh, Brendan number one, the instrumental. So
1: like, uh, it comes uh, in after merchandise
0: merchandise. That, that's right. So I'm going to talk about the first, uh, fucking, Merchandise is track three, right? Four. Four. Okay, here we go. The the first four tracks, it's just so fucking brilliantly done. So opening track, turnover, slow, brooding, fucking angry, Mm -hmm. uh, and then second track, title track, the repeater, fast, angry, aggressive, fucking crazy.
1: A staple in their,
0: uh, Mm -hmm. yep. Track three, Brennan number one, right? Yes. Instrumental. Yes. So it just goes that way. Fucking Guy Ian instrumental Guy gee, Ian, Guy gee, Ian, gee, Ian, or like something like that. Mm-hmm. It's just like the, the way it alternates between the two, everything always feels like it's just a new person throwing in a song. It's fucking refresh. Every song is refreshing. It is.
1: I really like, um, I'm going to jump around a little bit, uh, repeater and two beats off. Mm-hmm. It's almost like an alternative universe like the where rage against the machine is more indie cuz they're very funky there's these like angry parts and um the production isn't as a sleek but it's still as a rage against the machine but it's still real good
0: i think the production is perfect, perfect Yeah, for this band
1: um it could you could definitely hear how they paved the way for a band like uh like earlier modest mouse stuff yeah uh, with the the shrieking the weird guitar parts mm. the the very rig- rhythmic parts it yeah. all comes together in a very very perfect way
0: the so the inclusion of a second guitar is is such a huge difference like the the guitar interplay off the bat is extremely impressive. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the way I, I imagine uh, Guy and Ian's guitars, it's like one guitar player split into two people. Yeah, because of how
1: the way they play, it's off like each they read other. each other's
0: minds. It's it's so phenomenal how sometimes one guy is just scraping it, scraping the strings, mm-hmm. and that's the riff. And mm-hmm. and then one guy will do this really driving, really melodic thing on top of that scraping, and it just it works perfectly. It's just weird thing that you can't really replicate in a lab. Because it's just two guys who really knew each other well, who knew how to play with each other. Mm-hmm. It's just, you, it's all chemistry. This entire band is chemistry.
1: If people want an example of that, I would point to Steve Fisted Fine. Oh,
0: Steve Fisted Fine?
1: That is a great example of how how tight these guys are that playing song, together. Th-
0: that riff is so oh. fuck. Put, get, put, <laughs> put, put, You know what to fucking do.
1: Electricity's like Fuck you guys And Mike's like No We're taking our time
0: Goddamn right Solid riff on its own But as soon as the guitar and bass come in It's a whole new It's a whole new game
1: Yeah That happens a lot Yeah And again, Amazing bass yeah. oh, I
0: love this so, so much Ah, oh, goddamn. Okay, uh, another another good example is I believe it is merchandise because uh, that was one of the earlier tracks. I think Ian mm-hmm. wrote that, uh, and it, if you listen to the uh, Bugazzi's first demo, which I actually bought because I didn't even know it existed, and I saw it in a record store and I bought it. Um, it's on there, and it's it's a little different. It's a, it sounds that version sounds like it should have been on the first EP or the second EP. Yeah, this version is the perfect evolution from the style of the first one where it has like the super galloping guitars really funky mm-hmm. sounding uh actually put on put on merchandise for me please uh, it's just so driving you want to move when you hear this shit you just want to move this is what i think of when i think of Fugazi. shit like this yeah See, one guitar is just hitting bang bang yeah. bam, bam. That's the riff. While the other guy is doing the main the main hook. It's so fucking smart. It's so smart. Yeah, this is one of the most uh practical this band really uh from beginning to end is the most practical uses of two guitars mm-hmm. in any band. Uh
1: get uh some of that on styrofoam.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Styrofoam's real good. Fun song. I don't know if any skateboarder has used that as their skate park. Oh, it fits so I think so they much. should. I think that'd be a killer song for a skate Dude, park.
0: there's, a, there's a, a live video of Styrofoam yeah. uh, on YouTube. I hope it's still there. I saw it years ago. Uh, and it's the beginning of the song, and it, uh, the camera pans out and then zooms in on one fan. The greatest fan ever. Nice. This dude is losing his mind. He looks Yes, he like should. He looks like a dad. Yeah. Big old smile, and he's like, fucking... <laughs> <laughs> it's the greatest fucking thing i've ever seen my headphones came off this time uh look up that fucking video styrofoam please uh, uh they re-record provisional from the second ep as re-provisional. Mm-hmm. i didn't like it on the ep i like it here
1: yeah that happens, happens sometimes uh they we <laughs> retread some water with some songs yeah um Shut the f- front door. I think that's one of my favorite vocal performances.
0: <laughs> you mean shut the door? Oh,
1: sorry. <laughs> shut the front door. Shut the front door, Alex. Uh, shut the door. Uh, I think that's one of my favorite vocal performances for McKay. Uh, McKay. McKay. McKay, I say what I want. It's I McKay.
0: I'm going to keep correcting you. This is
1: my podcast. Yeah, I'm
0: afraid not, 50- buddy. 50% my podcast. <laughs> 50% incorrect, <laughs> you son of a bitch.
1: Uh, this beautiful guitar parts, heavy lyrics.
0: Yeah. Uh, That's one of the most... fucking wonderful closers and then joe number one that's on uh the ep right three songs
1: yeah Yeah. joe number one they're like we're gonna make like uh is it considered acoustic piano or like it's a
0: piano in there right it's heavy oh i didn't know you could use piano
1: like that like joe number one crazy great song crazy but back to shut the door because like technically
0: that's the end of the album
1: Uh, Uh, and then we go in
0: and then it goes to the ep one thing i do like about the streaming uh, I think they did this on the CD version too, mm-hmm. but th- something that not enough bands have done at the end of the the shut the door. There is a huge gap of silence to let oh, you know that, that they, yeah, now we're moving on to something different. This is the end of the album. Yes, so I like that they, they did that. But that's a nice touch. Uh, shut the door is like it's one of the most therapeutic jammy songs ever. Uh, it's like reggae. You know, I wishes it was this fucking good. Like, it's not reggae, but it has that vibe to it. I'm telling you, Mike, it
1: can can be and that's like the stuff they're pulling from.
0: Right. I I would figure as much uh, dudes with good taste, I I would imagine. So uh, what else is there to fucking possibly say? It's it's so fluid. It's such a fluid album. Like, there's no,
1: no, any kind of on this. album.
0: none, none. It's really short, too. Most of the albums are pretty short, but like. The way that it dips, it gives you a break is just with a song that's also good, but slower. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing, there's no dips in quality. Everything just, it just runs through like one beautiful song. It's just.
1: I would agree uh, with that.
0: Yeah. If, however, I mean, you got, you kind of got to like fast music punk to kind of enjoy this. It's, it's like, it's rock perfected kind yes. of. It's not like if you're, I'm not going to, you're not going to get any fucking, uh, you know, strays. Who've, who've never listened to bands like this before? As much as I love it, I, I can acknowledge that. But you
1: can get the alt rock crowd in, yes. on on fugaz. Fucking hope so. Yeah,
0: but it's my personal favorite. This is a uh, this is when I find. Yeah, I bought this album as a kid. I was like, yeah, this is they're they are a great, amazing fucking band. Now mm-hmm. I love them, and now I have to keep listening to them. It was really this album that did it. It wasn't it wasn't the first one, strangely. But let's move on to 1991's steady diet of nothing. <laughs> usually
1: we talk about our experiences with the band we didn't really do that there's a lot of fugazi albums i did not listen to and this is one of them
0: really yeah we'll talk about it after this definitely This song, this song. Killer, killer fucking riff. This has got to be one of the best intros, the best openers I've ever heard. You think so? I love this song so much.
1: I think it's a good song, but
0: I love this. It's just a a fucking powerful way to open an album.
1: Stop. Boom. That's all these bars in between.
0: Yeah, just just hold on, hold on. Let's just do a little thing where I hit the fucking the rim for a second.
1: That's like half the song, right?
0: Yeah.
2: Okay,
0: before we listen to the whole fucking song, it's really easy to do that.
1: This is uh, my worst least favorite. What? In the scheme of things. What? What sorry. Really? The middle of the album is this kind of weak. I think the end of the
0: album is weak. I, I, I think the middle is pretty fucking great.
1: I guess middle and end. There's something I like at the end, but in the scheme of things. Is it
0: KYEO? Yeah.
1: yeah a good that's song. yeah, it's one of my favorite Fugazi songs. It's a pretty good song. Uh, it's about Rodney King. Huh. Uh good guitar playing. I think it's this my oh, overall, Ron, yeah. overall favorite song on the album um exit only and uh reclamation track two yeah reclamation. uh dope everything else uh this kind of false out me. of
0: your fucking mind that you don't like nice new outfit dude
1: i want you to put That's on one of the stronger songs though dude, at this
0: the the interplay at a minute 35 of nice new outfit this gives me goosebumps every time i fucking hear it
1: really tight play. 35 this. oh so sorry sorry um
0: so smart man that's such a fucking great riff and such great interplay yeah uh really love that song uh i oddly enough i do kind of see where you're coming from because i remember when i bought this album as a kid um i started going out of order with the albums mm-hmm. I, was, I was listening to. So this wasn't like the third album I heard I heard other, other stuff. And it came to this one and I was like super let down by it. Yeah. It took me a few years to come back to this one. and really appreciate it. Because uh, I mean, Latin, you don't like Latin roots? What the fuck no. How do you not like Latin roots? This
1: it, it made me feel weird. <laughs> um, I see it, it does have a star by it on uh, Apple. Apple. Muse, so a lot of people like it. I,
0: I don't. What the fuck does it even? What concert? How do you i think it gets a star
1: the like the most listened to tracks on the album, on that up. yeah
0: interesting interesting or
1: tracks that people have favorited Oh uh, favorited yeah Makes sense. um yeah like if this kind of the band doesn't really like this either although i could see in the scheme of things there's one other album i was thinking about giving these things to but this this interested me the least. Uh, uh, everything they did.
0: They I believe they didn't like this one because of the production. Mm-hmm. Uh, they this is the first album, I think, that they produced themselves. And yeah,
1: there's some there's some growing pains here.
0: Yeah. And the I've only heard well, I've heard the original, but I lost it years ago. So the only ones I've heard in the past ten years have been the remaster. Mm-hmm. And I think it sounds fucking awesome. But the way one of the members described it of course i don't remember who uh they said that while they were recording this one they were still like getting comfortable with each other so they didn't want to step on anybody's toes so it was like the most egalitarian like all right we, we nobody will be louder than anybody everybody will be the same volume yeah. you know i don't want to step on anybody's toes
1: it was uh it was ian he said uh, it's a democ- very democratic yeah. mix which ends up being a horrible
0: mix. you don't want that for mixes no. uh Sometimes things need to be unjust uh, to be just, but from uh, I do agree that it's it's definitely the writing is a lot is a lot weaker. I nah, you know I wouldn't even say a lot weaker. I'll just say it's it's is weaker. I a still think it, I still think a lot of it's really fucking strong. Like like a lot
1: of people like it. It's not you know. Sometimes we give them to legitimately bad albums, but sometimes you are discovering a killer band. And that's, yeah,
0: you have to because uh, that's what we do. Uh, I really like Long Division. I that bass line is so good it hurts. I I love that bass line. Especially because it's another thing that where they keep doing this, where they'll do they'll be playing one like the bass, or let's just say in this example, mm-hmm. it's a guitar. The guitar does one hook. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. And then the bass comes in and it's a whole different song. It's an entirely different song.
1: Should we just give people a taste?
0: Please, because it's long divisions, subtract and divide. <laughs> So, like, this is like, yeah, okay. It's a fine guitar line. Something special. But then... Then the bass comes in. All of a sudden, it's a different song. That is good. Yeah. That is good. Joe Lally is so underrated. That guy is a talented bass line writer. Well, yeah, I think this is the band that he should know. Yeah, super talented. Uh final good things I will give this album before I s- start to shit on it along with you. Uh, Runaway Return, I think, is very, very damn good. Uh, and also, another thing about Reclamation, it's so, it's like one of the most dubby-based songs that yeah, they've had. Yeah. It's so dubby-based. Yeah. Uh, cool song, interesting song. But Polish, fucking not for me. Dear Justice Letter, uh, both of them are pretty weak those for
1: me. Are, yeah, those are weak. Uh,
0: and also, uh, I, I mean, think...
1: I mean, that's a really... I I've said my bad things about. Fair enough.
0: Yeah. One last thing I will, I will say before we move on Uh. I think he really shines here. I fucking yeah. love his voice in the whole album. Break. I think he sounds great. Uh, I think this is like the, the the album where I start to really love him and I love it start to love his <laughs> voice because like repeater I like him but like mm-hmm. he still has a lot of the that he had carried over from the first album. Here he's it's a lot more shouty a lot more screaming a lot more sounding confident a lot apparently, more
1: apparently. That's the, the vocals, emo
0: bands like f- said, hey, uh, let's we're taking focus that.
1: on that part.
0: Yeah. Let's do that and make wrongly. it way whinier, uh, way whinier and less good. Although I do like some emo, admittedly, but it's not Focus on my shortcomings. Let's move on to the next album. This is a big one.
1: A big one.
0: 1993's In On The killtaker Taker.
1: This album had an interesting journey in getting made And I feel like it had an interesting journey being released and after its release
0: I didn't realize until the research and listening for this episode how big this album was It's it's one of their best, I think I had no idea I mean, I—I l- I heard know I mean, I've heard it thousands of times, but yeah. I didn't know it was this, like, huge, like culturally and stuff too. Same,
1: I. Energy song. Oh yeah.
2: oh yeah.
0: All right. Let's have a little chat now.
1: So yeah, this was another new new album. Oh, really? Yeah, that I'm upset I just heard for the first time because mm-hmm. it's amazing. It's a great um, album. Originally recorded with Steve Albini. <laughs> yep. So, Scrapped
0: entirely. Scrapped. Scrapped all Did of it. Did you listen to the demos? I don't know. Oh, they were available. Uh, oh, nice. Uh, I, I listened to them last night or two nights ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know what day it is. Uh, it's uh. So I thought it was the whole because what you read online, it's like oh they recorded the whole album with Steel Beanie for free. He offered to do it for free. It's like a perfect collision of like two beloved underground. Yeah, artists. Like on
1: paper, it just makes sense.
0: Perfect. And then they talked about how when when they recorded the sessions, it was the most, one of the most uh, satisfying and it felt the best. Like they said, it was like probably the best session we've ever had. And then when they heard it back, like what the fuck? This yeah. sounds awful. I thought it was the whole album. It's only tch, not the whole album. It's like shit. I forget. There's only man, seven songs or something like that. It, either way, it's like 20. It's like a 20 minute demo. Yeah. It's not, the, it's not the full thing. Like there's no, um, there's no, there's no, instrument is on there i don't think last chance for a slow dance is on there there's like a lot of songs aren't on there but uh you you listen to it and it's a it's a demo but even though it's a demo it still feels like this seems a little rough Mm -hmm. uh you can tell it's albini uh recording because of the the way the bass sounds has a really fucking heavy shellac sounding bass Um, i
1: i think some of his uh stuff kind of came through even if he wasn't involved like on um returning the screw i think you can hear some of his
0: his his work yes that's that was actually i think the first track on the demo um before we talk about the, the stuff individually uh one the other thing about the albini demo it's like you feel that it could be amazing but the drums like there's something about the bass drum sound it just fucking muffles everything oh, else man. and i think the story went i at least i saw from one source that they, they got the cassette of it. And they listen to it the next day. And they're like, oh, this doesn't sound good. And then Steve Albini faxed them saying, I blew it. <laughs> like, oh, it just nice. said, I blew it. Nice. And he takes full responsibility. He's like, they didn't come to me completely prepared. They didn't have the full thing written. But I, to- I totally dropped the ball. And I-, I I didn't. That was not my best moment in the studio.
1: Very rare to hear people admit they make mistakes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, this was their first album to chart. Yeah, that's right. Um so yeah let's get in the songs yeah uh, yes uh, yeah i love returning the screw amazing the fir- yeah the first two songs um like uh faucet squared
0: yeah faucet squared and, and public witness protection sorry, this p- sorry kill- public witness program
1: this killer high energy and then you're like oh returning yeah. the screw like it's great
0: so the, i love returning the screw i think i don't like its placement on the album i think it would have been like a great opener or mm-hmm. a great like fourth or fifth track, but like it's kind of jarring. It's jarring. It drops it like all, all of a sudden because they've never really done a really quiet stuff before and really slow build up, you know, for a long time. And it's like a long song too, mm-hmm. so it's a it's a brand new thing for them stylistically, and it's also the complete opposite of what the beginning of the album feels like. So it's it's just it's a little disorienting.
1: I like uh, Smallpox Champion. I feel like the noisy guitars. It sound like Alarms really suits the uh, lyrical content of Biological Warfare.
0: Not a fan of that song,
1: but, you know, get fucked. It's
0: not bad. Get it's it not fucked. bad, but it just compared to how high this album gets, it's, like rend, it's on the lower end. Rend it. Another one of the ones I don't care for.
1: God. <laughs> I. Also, um,. I, it kind of melts into 23
0: beats off. Oh yeah. That's fantastic. Fantastic.
1: May or may not be about magic Johnson. I thought that was interesting. We really, uh, yeah. It talks about, you know, the AIDS, mm-hmm. uh, AIDS pandemic mm-hmm. in there. Actually, before I, we move on, and then so oh, real quick, some people think it's uh, also about the don't ask, don't tell policy and, uh, the army and the army. Really? So, uh, yeah. Interesting song. 23s,
0: 23 beats off. Uh, that riff, that main riff is unreal. I want you to put on. It's a minute 42 in. Minute 42. So on the on the Steve Albini demo, the song was a lot less developed, mm-hmm. which was interesting hearing it because uh, that riff is like the main part of the song in the in the old version. This version, it sort of just comes and goes. Uh, ultimately, this is a better version, but that riff is so fucking good.
1: I got it for you. Cool.
0: This, this riff that's echoed in my head my entire teenage years that yes. riff just constantly
1: and then mike went on to make explosions in the sky sure did sure did that's all true <laughs> um when sweet and low comes on mm-hmm. there's you know a few noisy elements and without looking at the track i'm like this is a sweet song and then i was surprised to find out
0: it is beautiful that sweet and low it's the it's the one instrumental right it's the only instrumental yeah, one here yeah uh we've all i, I kind of forgot to mention it last album uh so Fugazi's big instrumental band like they always have w- like one instrumental like usually one ma- at max two mm-hmm. so it's like a really nice like all right you get E and you get Gee, you get instrumental uh the last album was the the last album to do it completely down the middle so they it would literally be Gee, ian Gee Ian, gi Ian, instrumental gi Ian, like so it yeah. would be like exactly everyone has the same amount of songs sung uh starting here everything always leans for Gee. Mm-hmm. he always sings at least one more song than ian uh pretty much until the end of the the career which is interesting
1: he pulled a uh, a fogarty he pulled a fogarty was or wait what's that fo- who's like i'll be damned if you have more writing
0: oh no that's uh who's could do Oh yeah, yeah, Husker Bob, Du. Yeah, Bob Mold said that to Grant Hart. Yeah, like, you, can't, you can't have more than forty okay. percent. Not happening. I'm sure it was a very agreed upon thing, but like, I will write twenty percent more music this <laughs> to shut you up. I will calculate it every single time. But that's interesting. Uh, it, you kind of don't notice it, but uh, I did. I did literally calculate that. The end. I was like, yeah. huh, I wonder who sung more. But uh, that's just the thing that I noticed. Uh, what else? I think
1: uh, this interesting notes. Great cop is, like, that song was kicking around for, like, 11 years with Ian before he decided... Really? Like, it, he just developed the song over the course. Mm. Not, like, every day working, him, but this, yeah, yeah, it yeah. was a song that was kicking around. around and there. You right? finally get it.
0: Um, Not a fan of that song. It's my least favorite on the album. Yeah.
1: And as much as I like, you know, the spastic uh, stuff like Repeater and all that, uh, a song like Last Chance for the Slow Dance, I... I love that side of Fugazi.
0: Last chance for a slow dance is one of their best. It's so dark and odd. The main riff, it's almost ugly. Mm-hmm. It's just the whole it's just a very uneasy song. It's very is uneasy.
1: A, is that a closer too?
0: It's it's a fucking hell of a closer. Yeah.
1: Uh oh, sorry, I skipped over instrument. Great. Is oh yeah. Oh another great example of them being ahead of their times because it's about gentrification. Mm-hmm. Uh they went to dinner and these punk kids were like bragging about, you know, Oh, we live in this edgy uh, neighborhood uh-huh. and they were just like, fuck you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a very fugazi answer. That song is so damn anthemic and like sing alongable, mm-hmm. uh, and it And once again, it comes in at the great, at a great time on the album. Uh, I do think this is one of their, their worst paced albums. Uh, but the highs are so goddamn high. And like the, the biggest takeaway I felt from this entire thing was this is where they start doing. It's not experimental exactly, but it is like, we're going to, we're going to start fucking oh, with we're you. Gonna we're going to push, push it a gonna, little bit. We're going to make these things real long. We're going to do what we want. We're going to slow it down. We're going to make it real fucking uncomfortable and creepy sounding. Mm-hmm. It's not just going to be fun loving uh, higher energy punk anymore. We're yes. going to get some, we're going to do some, some cerebral shit. Very cerebral.
1: Yes. And I really enjoy that side of them.
0: Hell yeah. I'm never uh, of them, honestly.
1: Interesting note before we move on. Um, so you know, breakout record. Uh labels are gonna come a knocking. Oh yeah, that's right. That's Atlantic right. offered them ten million dollars in their own label. They did. And they said no. They said no.
0: It was uh it was at a show, right? Like the, the rep the rep from Atlantic was waiting on yes. backstage. Yes. I think I think is it anything you want? label 10 million anything you want i think they, i think it was like at least 10 million i think it was more it might have been more yeah uh i it was that moment that i realized like these guys are not human these are not no. these are not these are my people These are because exactly what 10
1: I, million whatever you want 100% creative control i don't know what the issue is well i do because in hearing them speak about the 5 dollar shows it was like well Anything more than that, you have expectations we don't feel like we can it's, deliver. It's, Five dollars, if we suck, that's not yeah, a big it's, deal. It's
0: it's completely just though. Like, you, as soon as you become that big, you stop. You stop essentially being you. you know, and, your band stops being your band. And even it, if even if it's on paper, you have mm-hmm. creative control. The the kind of the the culture takes it at that point. It becomes
1: and, and again there's more expectations. There even, is, yeah. even if it was like uh, you know, we don't expect you to chart mm-hmm. in the like top ten. Yeah. It's still yeah, the expectations are way
0: different. And even with like we we mentioned it at the beginning, like festival stuff. Mm-hmm. You ha- even if
1: like Which they-, they were They were uh, offered Lollapalooza. That's right, Lollapalooza. I don't know what the uh, ticket price would be for inflation, but Lollapalooza tickets were only $33, which is insanely cheap for a music festival.
0: Nowadays, it's
1: But maybe within inflation, maybe that was a lot of... uh,
0: I think inflation plus everyone, those things kind of blew up more. Yeah. Uh, Like... With with festivals like that, you you definitely lose. Con- you can't control ticket oh, no. price. you Like yeah. you, so you're expected to to be something like that when you're that huge. The fact that they were just like, eh, like we don't need it. We don't need the money. And it's not just walking away from absurd sums of money. That's impressive. It's that to the very end, they really embody what I love and respect. Uh, period. About art is like. Mm-hmm. If you're an artist then you're doing it for the art and you like, it's kind of cliche at this point to say like, Oh, we're not in it for the money. uh, But like money is nice. But if you really love, if you really love your art and you're fine and you're not hungry, mm-hmm. then why would you ever compromise a single thing? Yeah. A single well, a hair should not be compromised.
1: That makes sense. There's uh,
0: yeah. yeah. So they, they really put, Someone else's money, where their where their mouth is. Mm. Like it's it's amazing. It's amazing.
1: There you go.
0: So now we're on to the next. How fucking long is this episode? All right, long enough. Nineteen ninety five. Red medicine.
1: What is this? Neutral Milk Hotel. <laughs> Heyo.
0: This is the uh, experimental side of Fugazi,
1: which really isn't <sighs> that experimental. It's not.
0: Any people who who left the train on this album are fucking pussies. Although this has taken a while. <laughs>
1: This is. Maybe should uh time stamped it but I didn't feel that long when I was listening to the album. No, we're in it now. Yeah. We're
0: done. <laughs> and all of a sudden it's very clean. And then we're
1: just back to Fugazi Back to Fugazi.
0: I like to think he's saying, like, Your ass! And he's got that accent, quote unquote. If, you, if you've heard him talk, he's got no sort of <laughs> yeah, weird yeah, this accent. Is well, he's just a normal guy. guy. He's a guy from DC. It's a normal G. G. Normal G. Is a normal G. God, I love this song. It's a fun
2: song. Know,
0: okay, okay. Red Medicine, the album that pissed everyone off,
1: which is weird.
0: Insane. I don't get it. It's a great album. I like it more than the last one. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Actually, one thing I forgot to mention about the last one is the, uh, while they were definitely right to re-record it with someone else, mm-hmm. I still don't like the production on that one. It's like, it was very big, very echoey drums, had a lot of space between it and it kind of makes a band like this mush together more here they, I think they produced this one themselves, right? I believe so uh it sounds a lot more like the f- the first two albums where it's you know more contained tighter uh and I think it works a lot better for this band it's just my opinion though but uh i I don't get how this one is called like the experimental album I don't uh, get it at all
1: on like, some songs I get it, but I think they're they're they still managed to be fugazi mm-hmm. um what like like I love. I love version, but uh, I wrote down for that some sort of dub dystopian noir
0: version. Yeah,
1: it's like if Blade Runner took place in Jamaica,
0: (laughs) that's not bad version. uh, There's a clarinet on there. Yeah, he's playing clarinet There's synths and
1: somehow some way this song fucking works.
0: Dude, I fucking hate that clarinet so much. It gives me a goddamn headache. However, it's still a fucking really cool song.
1: It's all the it's all the weed smoke.
0: Maybe uh, I don't I don't think there's sense on here.
1: I Honestly, thought there was. I don't think so. No. Because what like, did I read?
0: W- one thing I think it's just I clarinet.
1: Think, yeah, I think there's sense on the album. Maybe that's why I thought. No,
0: because here's the thing about Fugazi that we didn't mention. They for a long time notoriously didn't use synths or pedals or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, it was just like, and I I mean. Not even distortion pedals. They would use just the app distortion. And like most of, the, most of the time you listen to like, you you kind of don't even notice it because of how connected everything is and how each guitar mm-hmm. is doing one different thing. And you, you just, you never notice it. Uh, so when you hear a thing like version where this fucking blaring clarinet, it's like, oh, that's clearly not a guitar. What the yeah. fuck that? And I think it has like stuff around it. And it's like a more studio effects here. So I get, I get that in the sense of this being the more experimental record, because they they really didn't dabble with that before. But everything else, it's pretty, pretty normal. Not normal, but, you know, Fugazi normal.
1: Bed for the scraping.
0: Great. Oh, actually, time stop. Put on 50 seconds.
1: I love the guitars. The guitars guitars
0: in this song are incredible. 50 seconds? Yeah.
1: Sorry, I'm pulling that up. That kind of sounded like the beginning of Goldfinger Superman. <laughs>
0: You've been playing too much Tony Hawk, my friend.
1: <laughs> Here we go.
0: That guitar line is... That's great. And then you hear the other guitar doing that feedback in background.
2: Going- yeah.
0: yeah. A- oh, God damn it. What a great song. What a great song. I think
1: my barometer for weird is so out of like so out of whack, and yeah. it's so far down the rabbit hole that I hear a song like "Birthday P- Pony," yeah. which I think other people would think is weird. I'm just like, yeah, that's pretty normal.
0: That seems that's fine. That's, that's a fine normal song. day in the office, and I guess we, our, our modern day 2020, pardon the pun, uh, vision of this entire thing is like uh, if if. People, when this came out, if you if they had heard waiting room and then they heard this, clearly they'd be like, "Oh, this is stupid." This yeah. Sucks. Like, well, first of all, you're a jackass, but like, it doesn't feel that much of a fucking stone's throw away from it because, uh, for example, uh, forensic scene.
1: That song, you know what that song has? What's that? Gondola guitars.
0: Does it have gondola guitars? God it damn! Does. It's and once again another example of. A, ba- a bass line starting this thing that seems pretty average and basic, and then one more instrument adds, and it's a completely different song. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so fucking accessible. I hear that, and it's the most accessible thing. So I kind of, a little bit of me gets in a rage when I hear this considered a difficult album because there's nothing difficult about this.
1: Did uh, they work on combination lock with Albini? Because I think there is some big black, like guitars in there
0: put on a little bit of combination like that's the instrumental one right
1: uh or one of the I'm instrumental not ones not sure but yeah uh, it kind of sounds yes it yes yeah it, it kind of sounds like big black but then there's like psychedelic guitars in there it's very cool i think right right but what do i know nothing
0: i remember the song now
1: like if this was a drum machine
0: Mm. Oh, I'm thinking of Lung's era black. Uh, big black. Uh, yeah. Yeah, where he has the, the more... Uh, yeah, yeah. The more high-end stuff.
1: And then, hey, let's throw a funky bass line in there, because we can.
0: This is a funky band, man. You know, Even are. The, the funny thing about... About Bugazzi is that... The, the Joe Lally never stopped making funky bass, like super, yeah. super funky basslines. It's as funky this album as it is in the very beginning, mm-hmm. except everything else has just gotten super crazy and like interplay. I don't know what the proper word version of that word is, but like everything else got so complex and intertwined and uh, intricate that it doesn't feel funky. It just feels like fugazi yes it's a very strange thing to, to turn funk into your own kind of identity but
1: also uh by you hmm. i made the mistake of thinking that was a boring song <laughs> i'm glad to report i am wrong it's not a boring song it is a excellent journey it takes it's good, you a good
0: song very quiet very subdued uh joe lally's first song i was gonna first say first uh, uh song performance
1: it's because you're so used to these like uh like pretty, I guess, out there, unique vocalists,
0: very distinct vocalists,
1: and yeah. then it's like, what are these n- <laughs> these
0: normal? Joel Lally has the most calm, and it's totally fine easygoing, though. relaxed. It, it works. It's like it fits his personality. He's yeah. like a relaxed dude. Just say, all right. I'm just gonna hear. Just gonna sing this song for you, real quick. He only sings about like three songs in their entire discography, but mm. like he's he's fine. He's cool.
1: And then keeping up the great closers, long distance runner,
0: fucking great. The, oh, the
1: playlist is this going to be all closers, the cl- ending tracks?
0: <laughs> it's incredible. Like the the baseline is is great, but like those twisted ass beautiful guitar lines oh. on top of it. It's like, a lot of it is also version, like the baseline from version. It's It's, okay. it's reused here as well. I didn't notice that, uh, but it, it, obviously it's not the same song. But it, uh, and, and no one knowing this, I didn't. There was no there's no clarinet on there. Thank Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's slower. It's definitely more on the kind of dark and uh, uneasy songs from in on the kill taker it's definitely more on that end yeah uh doesn't doesn't sacrifice any grooviness to do so though no it's, it's still a very groovy song great
1: very rarely does fugazi sacrifice anything yeah
0: and also the like on the 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 intro of the first song those noisy kind of i guess that those are actually experimental mm-hmm. parts they're just like kind of spliced be in between songs kind of they're not really
1: they're not like fully developed no. songs
0: and honestly like I, I always forget they're even there like they, they come across more quirky than experimental mm-hmm. it's like all right this is a little thing they just threw in the beginning where like you hear uh, them re- you know rehearsing or something for like five seconds and then it cuts to something else uh stuff that just like it's kind of inconsequential but uh one thing that I, I noted on this album, I mean, it could be applied to many albums, but here for sure, their ear for feedback and and dissonant guitar notes. It's is,
1: almost surgeon like
0: it is on par with like Kurt Cobain yeah. with like it, implementing a feedback sound as a melody, not mm-hmm. literally a melody, but just as a soundscape, as a, as a texture. Uh, you hear bands do that badly and it fucking sucks. Like, yeah. every band in the 90s that copied Drive Like Yehu, or like they all try to do that feedback thing. As like this
1: ends up messy yeah, or annoying, uncoordinated, yeah.
0: Or ear-piercing. Or if it's produced badly, it literally fucking hurts. And you need to turn it down. Uh, Fugazi is just like, just like experts at it. It just it mm-hmm. comes across as musical every time. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's great album. Uh, but anyway, time to move on.
1: We got three left. We're doing it.
0: Hell yes. This is 1998. And it's
1: i love this song song. instantly oh so good
0: what is that piano and the wait it's gonna come up right now
1: okay right here never mind sorry weird vocal choices when we get to it though here
0: that's piano okay yeah Oh my bass.
2: The song, it's So good. It's
1: fucked me up, fam.
0: Yeah. definitely or waiting the, for the vocals. Definitely. going to listen to the whole song. I know. But we have to. It's so weird.
1: This is one of those songs I wish was longer, but also it's brilliant, keeping it short.
0: And that's like tropical almost.
1: Yeah. Some tropical hot dog flavored water. Absolutely. I don't what the fuck are talking about, absolutely. Oh, I think I just combined a beef song oh, with Olympus That's
0: pretty good. Okay, that's right. Uh, and hits.
1: You know, people thought it was called that because they were going to break up after this. That's right. But like me and Mike have been telling you, it's because at the end of the records, that's where all the hits, that's all the hits are. It's us.
0: Hell yeah. Uh, this is this. I feel is their difficult record.
1: This. Okay. This uh, in a lot of ways is a uh, more softer, mellow in many ways, it is Fugazi. But like I said earlier, that part of the band really speaks to me, and I mm-hmm. really enjoy it.
0: I enjoyed this one, probably one of the least. Uh, I got. I, I heard this one the last, maybe mm-hmm. out of all the albums in life. You know, I heard all these albums before, uh, and I I was expecting. I don't know what I was expecting, but it it was everything the opposite of, that I had in my mind of what this album was going to be. So the production is more like in on the Kill It's mm-hmm. bigger, spacier. Uh, the Every every single track on here sounds as though it was written while jamming. Everything has a very improvisational feel to it. Everything feels super live. Everything mm-hmm. like they they record all their albums live. I'm pretty sure, but this one feels like all right. Here's a recorder. Play the song, and now we're done. Like it all. Every song feels that way.
1: I I feel like this is like some of the best playing Brendan does.
0: Oh, he's a he's, he's amazing on here. Yeah, he's really good. This yeah. is
1: the Brendan album. Uh the bass playing for the first time kind of takes a back seat on this.
0: There's a lot of interesting not choices that, on yeah, here. Yeah,
1: not that it's like boring, yeah. but I feel like on top of Brendan being the best, and we've talked about guitar riffs, but mm. I just feel like it's more guitar driven.
0: There's a lot of weirdness on here too. Like the the writing it, it takes a lot from the last time where it, it will turn a very strange, dissonant-sounding thing into a, a full, a full thing. They'll, you know, they'll build it up to this giant thing. Here, they're just weirder. They're weirder, and like songs like "Closed Caption," which I like a lot. I like them as they go on. Like those main hooks, just I fucking don't like them at all.
1: I think it's the relationship with these songs is weird because they reappear you get the demo versions on the next album that right. we'll get into yeah um but like some songs like floating boy i wasn't i'm not like the biggest fan yeah. of that and i guess i'm spoiling a little bit but i very much like the instrumental right
0: right So, um, so floating boy it takes the simplest most average bass line and turns into this long kooky acid trip. Yes. Very like a lot of the songs. This is the longest album. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's under 50 minutes, but close. Uh still not very long, but still. And uh, I would say as a whole, that song comes to mind specifically, but as a whole, the closest this band gets to psychedelic, because there's so much of uh we're gonna end the song with a long jam, yes, kind of thing. Typically not a fan of that in music. No, no, you aren't. I am not. Uh, no surprise. Oh, amazing! I love oh. that
1: riff. I love the no quarters vocals.
0: Yeah, the water. It sounds like you're underwater. Yeah, kind of
1: Led Zeppelin, no quarter. Yeah. Uh, this, those vocals, and again, amazing drum I th- playing on that track.
0: So good. I think it's one of the most digestible tracks on here for sure.
1: And even though I'm hot as hell, I'm gonna hit the audience with a little no surprise. Hell yeah.
0: funk this it, is funky if people
1: yeah if someone doesn't like this song i don't want to be friends with you yeah
0: hey. oh it's so good and like you never know uh, with a lot of you guys you never know where they're gonna end up this no. one you don't know where it's gonna end up yeah it goes fucking
1: we're just giving y'all a, a taste you can listen to it
0: yeah th- when when ian's vocals come in Oh it gets it's the most satisfying catchy thing. I want I so, just want to hear it
1: all day. want to hear it all day Five corporations the most upbeat angry song on the album. I don't remember it. God damn you
2: yeah,
0: yeah. okay. Oh, this yeah, it's closest, song.
1: Yeah, yeah, closest thing you're going to get to a punk
0: song. Honestly. On this south. On absolutely. Kind of a metal yeah. uh, guitar riff. You see what I mean about, about them taking really dissonant riffs? Like, that's a really... Those are two completely opposing notes. Yeah. Yeah. Like that that shouldn't be hooky, but it still kind of is. Uh, another example of that is Foreman's Dog, which has like the ugliest guitar lines, but it just Works. and it's almost spooky yeah. sounding. It just it just really fits together. Uh, I got to talk about before I forget, Arpeggiator.
1: Dude, I love the way the guitars and the bass play off each other. Uh, we were talking about I don't the instrumental tracks. I don't think they even have a bad instrumental.
0: Tr- no, no way, track. no way. They're all really great. Uh, this one it actually doesn't sound like any other ones, really. Um,
1: it, it definitely has a unique aspect yeah,
0: that makes very it driving, like it. very, mm-hmm. very. It's always got that like very, like constantly throughout the whole thing. It's literally it's called a prelude. So what the notes they're hitting is literally a chord, but just mm-hmm. broken. A pregio is a, a chord that's broken up into notes, uh, and the way it's done, it's like, fuck, man. Great arrangements too. Like that's just a very that's a very simple. Melody that they're playing on that, but just the way they break it up and they they stop and start and they fucking bring in the bass, doing the guitar line now instead of the guitars. The guitars are not doing something completely different. It's just all very smart choices. Yes, and uh, last but not least, Pink Frosty, Pink Frosty, so quiet, so creepy.
1: Yes, it is a really enjoyable song.
0: Yeah, beautiful in an ugly way. Phenomenally bizarre changes and, and sections and all that stuff. Good album, but I would say it's very tough. I would, man fugazi fugazi newcomers don't start here
1: i think if i had a rank them this would be like in it'd be up there really
0: uh, definitely on the lower spectrum for me uh it's just spacey i know you like spacey but mm-hmm. for fugazi man i don't think i like it for fugazi give me all the space all the space all the space you're you're a wonderful social distancer you want <laughs> have all the space uh, but I do like how you never have any idea where a song is going like, I mean that's, yeah. I like that in music generally but here it's just fucking endlessly interesting like endlessly interesting but I think their weakest writing mm-hmm. out of all their albums like the weakest written uh, but pro- possibly some of the most fascinating arrangement wise crazy stuff anyway next album, so much
1: so that you get to hear a lot of these songs Pretty again.
0: Again, this is the soundtrack to the instrument documentary. This is 1999's instrument.
1: So you, you're you okay, talking the following is for reference only. This is Pink Frosty, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: First track on the
1: this one. So if it's demo, it's basically an instrumental version. And a lot of bands sometimes you hear instrumental versions of songs, but it's like well it's clear this was built around lyrics. Yeah. You don't get that here. You do they not. still work great. A lot of them
0: work even better, I feel like. Yes.
1: Yeah. And I feel like the playing is a little sloppy, but not like in a bad way. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a little sloppier than the previous version, yeah. it's... but it's still a...
0: it's oh. it's sloppy, it, it almost plays to that effect or it it's done so or it it sounds sloppy in the sense that it's it's very moody mm-hmm. everything is very moody so it doesn't come across as like they're doing it wrong yes it just sounds you know it's part of the overall aesthetic so most of this is instrumental yes most like 98 percent of this is instrumental More like slint. Very slint. Yeah. yeah. Very slint. God, I love slint. <laughs> okay, so we're not gonna get much from that one. But as that's literally just one tiny, not representative example of what's on this album. Mm-hmm. Also worst.
1: But I knew that was gonna happen. Yeah. Just because the repeating it's of the, the demo. It's, yeah. it's the
0: repeating, and also it doesn't it doesn't really flow like an album because it's not an album. It's a soundtrack, but it's it's treated as it's treated like an album so much that I feel like I have to treat it like an album.
1: Yeah, I f- I find the album like oddly relaxing, yeah. and even though I just heard a lot of these songs, it didn't feel repetitive.
0: No, no. So
1: that's why I couldn't like I
0: couldn't do it. Um, it's still fascinating, and it's yeah, very. Yeah. It's I don't want to say meditative because a lot of it does get pretty wild, but for the most part, it's like. You could leave it on the background and it's really relaxing. It's great studying music.
1: Um, How do you say arpeggiator? Arpeggiator, yeah. Uh, Maybe, I don't know how different it is, but to me, the reverb feels way more.
0: Oh, arpeggiator, I mean, this version, it's a little slower, but the drums have a flanger effect on them, which is really fucking annoying to me.
1: To me, it puts it in kraut rock. That's a good, put it on it sounds like a Kraut Rock song on this this version of it
0: I feel like stupid that it, we're putting on this version instead of the original and the <laughs> original is like completely you
1: know? and we did it with Pink Frost, whatever it's whatever
0: yeah. imagine it way faster and that's what the original sounds like but that's cool that they're
1: very different
0: yeah it, you're right, very Kraut Rock yeah, yeah. Yeah that yeah that's it. absolutely absolutely
1: uh trios i love that sinister bass i you know who could who would be like hey this funky instrument and make it sound evil
0: joe fucking lally that's who uh what Tur- else because like so- Tur-
1: turkish disco is fun
0: it's- i hate that fucking that bassline is so annoying, but here's the thing: how much I, I really appreciate that song is because it th- th- that song was where it kind of clicked in my head. We're like, yeah, Ian and Gee are just phenomenal person people at uh, phenomenal. Sorry, at layering. Mm-hmm. Like, Joe is doing this bassline that I genuinely don't like, but they start adding these fucking weird lines to it. And it's like this is actually pretty cool now.
1: They uh. There's aspects of the song that remind me of the the funk band ESG, mm-hmm. so I think that's another reason. All right,
0: I, it's pretty funky, pretty yeah. funky. Uh, afterthought activates tingly feelings in me. I don't know. I wish it didn't. It's kind of kind of cheesy. Nice. speaking of speaking of cheesiness. Goddamn, uh, I'm so tired.
1: I'm so tired. Is my theme song for uh, 2020. And uh, back in the day, I hadn't heard this album because I think it's not listed and like like sometimes yeah sometimes it's not listed and then uh this little project called Wugazi came out Wugazi where they mash up uh Wu-Tang over Fugazi <laughs> and it's beautiful it's it really feel like it was made for me and uh they're they're fuck I'm spacing on what Wu-Tang song it was but it worked it worked um, so beautifully. You're so tired. It, it was like they were made for each other. Really? And this, whoever made I'm I'm sleeping on who who made it.
0: That is fascinating. Um, weird, because I mean that that song is it's a solo uh, piano ballad sung by Ian. It's like it's the most sappy, cheesy, and it, but it's embarrassingly charming to me.
1: Would it be weird if I played some Wugazzi? <laughs>
0: Play play this one and then play the Wugazi. Okay. so
1: this. Well, is- I don't know how I'm going to do that because I have to go on YouTube.
0: Oh, that might be a pain in the ass. Hold on. Mind.
1: What if I go in reverse? What if I go Wugazi? All right. All right. Wugazi and then. So the Wugazi version is called S- Sleep Rules Everything Around Me. So it's cream over I'm so tired. Oh, wait, oh. there might be a stupid ad. Let me turn it down. I turned it down. Okay skipping out
2: I grew up on the crime side the New York tough side staying in the was no job Had second hands most bounced don't on old men so then we moved the shell land a young youth, the rock and the goat suit no goose only
0: why does it work i think, think it works really it it actually does work this <laughs> son this one
1: and that one pulling up gas
0: for fun, but it was just it uh, the- was a method. Ah, uh, that's Rayquan. That's Rayquan. I don't know why I thought it was method. Method's way more. <gasps> uh, M E T H O D. <gasps> uh, oh. now put on the, I'm so tired. So, yeah, my. Yeah. I'm- I got to say, man, Raekwon has got a much better voice than Ian, and that's it. <laughs> I love Ian's voice, but this is very much a...
1: It should have been a. a, a uh, sorry. What's the bass player? Huh? What's the bass player? Uh,
0: Joe Lelly? Should have been Joe. It yeah. should have been Joe singing this, for sure. Imagine it was Gee. <laughs> it's so cute. I like it. It's very cute. It's charming.
1: Yeah, my love for that song is very much tied yeah. to Wu so.
0: I. Th- you know what? I like this version of Rendit better than the original. I agree. Fucking, I agree. Creepy, real creepy and quiet. It's fucking claustrophobic as shit, dude. It sounds like someone's stalking you. Uh, and and Gee is not like wailing. He's like slowly. Yeah. Speaking. It's very creepy. Uh, it's in pretty I psychedelic. Think, uh,
1: Little Debbie has funny hardcore. That's yeah. It's weird because he didn't sing like that in Minor Threat, but it's almost like somebody parroting like the the jock
0: yeah like new york hardcore it sounds like yeah paranoid. yeah i like it it's, it's funny to me
1: it's heavy for uh for this album
0: yeah it's one of the few tracks with vocals on here for sure um i forgot to mention i keep forgetting to mention things about previous albums on n hits there was actually some studio effects and that's oh, like yeah. we we're saying that's pretty rare there was like delay and uh where the fuck is that? i'm already losing my notes here
1: it's they do it in such a way it's only noticeable to nerds though it's not yeah, like yeah it's not like a, a Beatles, sergeant
0: pepper no, no. thing yeah on, on the last one it was mostly like delay here and there some wah effects on the distortion uh various soundscapes clearly like just light dabbling here it's like okay these are demos go go to town make mm-hmm. them weird and that's a lot of that there's a lot of studio stuff on here like uh one like this this demo of closed caption, I fucking love how it starts out. It starts out so goddamn good. And then the second half, they just throw two drum tracks on top of each other and just like, okay, there's now you're just going to play drums for the next three minutes.
1: <laughs> the, the closed caption is quite the journey. It, the demo version, yeah.
0: The second half is rough. Rough, man. Uh, but what else? Uh, I don't know. It's like mostly, first of all, obviously, like we said, mostly instrumental. A lot of half songs, ideas, uh, demos of other songs, studio effects. It's like mostly half written because mm-hmm. it's, it is half written. It's, it is, a, it's, yeah. a, it's supplementing the movie,
1: but it's so weird how a half written Fugazi song is better than other bands' full songs. They're
0: just, just better. They're just better at it. Uh, this is as much as they. A lot of them sound incomplete. It's still pretty. I'm so glad it's saw the light of day. They still sound unique enough. Each of them still, it still feels like distinct as shit. I mm-hmm. uh, think nothing blends into each other so much. I'm not like left bored. I didn't feel too long. Uh, pretty good worst album for me, but it's it's still very much like a sore thumb. Like,
1: yeah. this is clearly
0: not a full Fugazi album. It doesn't feel yeah, like it.
1: <laughs> I'm not angry at that. I get it.
0: Yeah, That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but Experimentation for sure is at a peak here. Because mm-hmm. like, uh, they're
1: demos. You exactly. Can be. yeah. They
0: do not get any crazier than this. If you're cool with this, you'll be cool with everything. But we're on to the last, last album, possibly last album forever for Fugazi. Yes. But who knows? This is 2001's The Argument.
1: Should I skip the intro
0: and go? Yes.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it's... Uh... By process of elimination. I don't know if this is a hot take that I'm dropping.
0: I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen on this one. Oh, I don't know what's going to happen Who knows? On this. Who knows what could happen on this one? I fucking. All I know is I fucking love this song so good. Oh my. <laughs> Y'all need to just listen to
1: this. I'm just. It's already sweaty in here. Yeah. It's getting I, sweaty. I'm going to gush. It's going to get way wetter in here. Way.
0: Way wetter.
2: Carried out the wishes
0: of the landlord and his son. the, out on the, sidewalk, to the family. Such that absolutely
2: genius
1: guitar,
2: guitar lines in the song.
1: It's uh another song about gentrification, so it echoes back to yeah. this instrument, the yeah. song.
0: You hear what they're doing here? Once again taking unusual melodies. Putting them in the context of something funky and it becomes beautiful.
1: Yes, and yeah, the layering, of like the G.
0: Yeah, like this riff is such an odd riff, but it it, it just somehow comes together at this really pleasant thing. God damn! Okay, okay, same time. Same Three, time. Two, one, best, best, and personal favorite for this guy. Best personal favorite for you, just best for me.
1: Much like uh, ISIS uh and we said it I will ban that this gets better and better yep. by this logically yeah yeah but even how, not logically the songwriting
0: how much better this album is than pretty much everything it's, it's crazy also i will
1: always be amazed at bands bands are supposed to fall off yeah and so for me to say a band released their best yeah. album at the end at of their the career. Is it makes it even more phenomenal. Yeah.
0: So this man for many years is my favorite, and I, I, and I thought Repeater would be my best, mm-hmm. but it just because this one, like I have problems with this. One's, this one's pacing. That's the only reason why I didn't give it my favorite. Yeah, that's, and that's the writing. I think is the best out of their every album. The writing is has never been better. Uh, every song is so. F- fucking unique Mm -hmm. like no two songs sound the same and each one has so many fucking highs like every single one's a journey every single goddamn song is a journey
1: it's crazy you're like that's a good opener i need a breather no full disclosure just pure
0: chaos beautiful chaos where that song ends
1: up and then gorgeous and then you get kind of like a hooky main course yeah and uh,
0: the solos in full disclosure are absolutely just so lovely. I'm, I'm gonna go over my 10 song limit oh, for sure on the this playlist. Whole album is gonna be on there, dude. Epic problem.
1: Fuck. Yes, it's kind of a throwback song. It kind of, a kind bit. of is a
0: little bit. It, it even, has that vibe of some of the earlier stuff. They
1: even, uh, they even do stop. Yeah, on that song, literally says it, yeah. stop. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, th- that outro for epic problem is some is one of the most satisfying cathartic Mm -hmm. closers in any, any song. It's just, Oh, I'm I'm getting goosebumps, getting goosebumps. Uh, since, since we're just doing this fucking song by song, life and limb.
1: Dude, Uh, uh, that uh. song. (laughs) Let me tell you what I appreciate, what I appreciate about that song. It's a creepy song about violence, but it's sinister. It's not, Violent music. No, no. So it makes it even more disturbing.
0: Very sinister. It's both scary and gorgeous. uh First time and last time we get female vocals. Oh yeah, yeah. And they're very well done. They're only in the back background. They're very light. They, it's obviously well done. Like we're saying, that's solo. I. It's so simple, but it, it's just, it's yeah. God damn, it pierces the soul. The kill, Joe. It's, Joe's back on this one.
1: Yeah, the kill, very similar to Life and Limb, where it's haunting music about violent situations. Uh this time, you know, military and war and
0: so Joe sings on that one. It's extremely dubby. The bass is extremely dubby. Mm-hmm. Very uh, if that is any indicator of that weird noise that I just made. But uh that's where it kills the momentum for me. As much as I love the song. I don't like the I don't like it that early in the album because it's so fucking like
1: going out of order. I will say the last three songs are not as strong as the rest of them. Disagree.
0: Album. Disagree. Right. That's how much I love this album. Uh truly, this this is one of my favorite albums of all time. Uh, yeah. This I think. So I remember what happened when I was a kid. I, I bought Repeater and I was like, oh yeah, they're a great band. I love this band now. And then I got this one. I went way out of order and I heard this. I was like, this is the most incredible thing i've ever heard nice so that's why i started going back and like i think that's when i heard other albums like oh this is not nearly That's mm-hmm. good but like
1: i also listened to them out of
0: yeah it. like this is one of the most musically advanced things for 2001 period it's insane it's completely bananas and uh with a song like strange light which is a fucking anomaly in fugazi's discography it is the most unfugazi fugazi song <laughs> it is haunting as fuck yeah it's gorgeous it's I have no words. That's how much I love this song. It's just Guy is that he's a fucking master now. I fucking love Guy now.
1: Uh, Night Shop is weird because there is guitar like shredding. Like yeah. some of the parts are like shredding parts. I hear some
0: some bass doing some crazy shit. too. Yeah, uh, I think it's bass or maybe a synth. It's probably bass. Uh, Night shop. That would have been my weakest song except for that fucking outro comes that, that Mm -hmm. entire acoustic section. Also, they're doing acoustic guitars now, which is another new thing for them. Uh, It's just completely amazing.
1: Uh, Oh, is the only song that features all three of them singing.
0: Really? Does it? Yeah. I didn't even realize that.
1: Yeah. They, I don't know if they, this felt like they didn't have the right arrangement for it before, but uh, yeah, that's interesting.
0: That song takes you on a fucking journey. Like I've been, a lot of these songs Mm -hmm. I've been saying do that, but like, there are so many unexpected parts in that song specifically oh mm-hmm. starts out you think it's going to be this fun kind of like wacky silly uh you know um driven experience and then that chorus thing comes in and all of a sudden it's like oh this is kind of this is kind of spooky now what the fuck what the fuck and then at the end of it it's just those like slide guitars it sounds like yeah. it, it's just crazy song crazy mm-hmm. song the instrumentation on this album is far beyond anything they've ever done. They're, they're actually experiment. This is actual experimentation. It's not just going in the studio and making a bunch of noise. It's literally like, what happened? P- if-
1: yeah. Pushing the band into new sounds. And
0: yeah, this is the most progressive album I think they have. And with a thing like uh expectator, the, the double, the dual drumming in the entire intro, mm-hmm. I think it might be the whole song too. Two drums, two drummers. Um, I don't know if they're both branding, Canty, they might have a second drummer doing it. I'm That's gonna, interesting. I'm going to look that up, actually.
1: What if Fugazi came back with a, a female vocalist and another drummer this, actually, to keep pushing, pushing those boundaries? Yeah. I actually,
0: put on Xpectator because that intro was fucking, what a great drum intro. Yeah. Oh, it's Jerry Butcher. Jerry Busher does the second drums on uh Expectator uh O and Epic Problem. Who's that? Jerry Busher. Uh was he originally wanted to be their drummer, but he wasn't ex- like he didn't have enough experience. Oh, the very okay. beginning he was like a roadie for them for like eight years he was a roadie for them.
1: Lots yeah. of callbacks on this on this album. Oh yeah, yeah. Well not sounding callback at all. No, no.
0: Oh. On uh there's female vocals also on Full Disclosure. That is Kathy Wilcox. That is Keith Petula's wife. She's from Bikini Kill, I think. Oh,
2: okay. Yeah. I didn't know that.
0: Goddamn. And then then more comes. The bass comes in and becomes an amazing song. But what else is new? This is an amazing fucking album.
1: I think we... That was a... I mean, unless you want to talk about the title track, uh, we pretty much went over everything.
0: Damn near every song that I... I love the title track. I think the title track is one of the best closers. It's really fucking beautiful, especially like that. There's like a middle section where it sounds almost like a music box. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I don't know how they got that effect, but it sounds wonderful.
1: I think the uh, title track is the strongest of the last three tracks. Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: I I absolutely love the title track. Uh, Yeah, that song always resonated with me. And then it, it also has like this weird kind of dual. Uh, meaning for me just because it's the last song on the last mm-hmm. album and how how great that song ha- builds up because most of it is pretty fucking mellow and then it has this gradual build and then it fucking ends on this giant, loud, high note that's really sing-alongable. Ian singing it, so it feels like, just like, A bookend, yeah. Where he said the last one, and
1: the waiting room was the beginning. Yeah, I didn't think about that, but that's uh, beautifully put.
0: Yeah, thank you. I I love it. (laughs) This is such a fucking incredible album. Uh, I I I couldn't recommend it enough. I I would say everyone should start here, really. But it's just so deep, Mm -hmm. and it's so it's like the it's not really the Fugazi that we've grown with. It's you still know it's them, but it is such a departure. uh, musically and instrumentally, uh, that it's kind of like. I love it so much. I don't. I don't,
1: I listen to Fugazi out of order. I don't care what people do. Fucking listen to it. Just don't listen to 13 songs for us. Please. Just don't. Or do, because a lot of people do.
0: But they fucking <laughs> have bad taste. Don't do that. Uh. Yeah, I don't know what else I could say about this that I can't that I haven't already said. Like I didn't read my fucking notes. I just know all this stuff. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. I have such strong feelings about this album. My whole life, I
1: felt this. Yeah, way. and then uh, they toured a little bit, played their last show in London, and yeah. uh, they've disappeared off the face of the earth. We kind of shot our load. Well,
0: they they still do. They have their own projects. Like, yeah, they they just
1: came out with an or
0: yeah, it was Ian and Joe and Ian's wife Amy. She was. He was already in a project with her called The Evens. Uh, Cor- she was from...
1: How's this band like, pronounced? Fire something? Oh, that's Corky. Corky. C-O-R- okay. yeah. uh, C-O-R-I-K-Y.
0: Corky. I don't know what the hell Coricky, it means. Corky. Corky. Uh, what the hell is the name of her band? I'm going to look it up. But, yeah, they came up with that album uh, uh, this year. This year, yes. it was postponed a little bit because of COVID, but it released in June, I believe, and
1: I haven't listened to it
0: yet. Yeah, it's with uh, Amy Farina uh, as, as her fucking uh, name. <laughs>
1: oh. if, uh, if I'm going to listen to something on the way home, should I listen to Embrace or this?
0: Oh, or Quirky? Yeah. I have not heard Corky yet, so I'm going to say Embrace. It's Embrace. I'm going to go the opposite way. <laughs> okay. All right. So fuck me. That's what Alex just said. <laughs> I'll listen to Embrace then, even though I already heard it. I won't, uh, I won't listen to Embrace right now. Uh, but, goddamn. <laughs> There's nothing. I there's nothing bad I could say about this band. They're just uh, the greatest. They're you're one of the they, the,
1: greatest. Just uh, the greatest. We kind of blew our load about reunion speculation and all yeah, that yeah. in the beginning. So yeah, I think we are pretty comprehensive.
0: I uh, agree, and I hope you all enjoy this very thorough look at a band that is held up so fucking wonderfully and that is beloved uh, for all the reasons that we named and because we keep gushing about it. But Let's recap. Anyway,
1: Uh worst least favorite steady diet and nothing best personal favorite the argument.
0: Thirteen songs least favorite. I stand by it. Personal favorite repeater. Stand by that as well. And worst instrument because you know you know it's it's my way of copping out because it's not really.
1: Yeah. kind of album. Yeah, Can't
0: really call any of them the worst. I know? mean,
1: we did that on White Zombie with the remix. We album. also did that. So. But
0: the argument best, it is a fucking bliss in music form. Uh, but thank you so much for listening and watching. God damn, if you want to support us, subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcast, Spotify, fucking tell a friend or not. It doesn't matter. It's okay. We're here. We love you anyway. I suppose. Uh, please follow me on Instagram at Pope Jesse Ventura and Alex at mother puncture where we can post or we do post rather uh the artists that we're currently listening to so in case you want to be a part send emails dms about that artist you can do that uh also if you want to suggest an artist for us to cover you can send all of that to every album ever at gmail.com uh spotify playlist in the description of wherever you're listening or watching there will be seven thousand songs because that is how much we love this (laughs) band but anyway I am definitely choosing the last song. I was thinking about it damn, long and hard, damn, long and hard. You this? I am abducting this because threw, of how much I love this, Bam.
1: I I was. I feel like my Fugazi fandom was just thrown under
0: under Alex, the bus. Alex, it was. thrown was under gonna, the bus. It was beaten with a bat. It was kicked like Joe Pesci in Casino. You didn't even. I
1: was gonna say it's obvious. Your you. <laughs> I, I was gonna bow out gracefully. <laughs> And say I, I took that very, from you, Alex. Yeah. I took that from you. I was going to say, it's very obvious. Mike is way more passionate. I love them. I was just going to bow out and give it to you, but you <laughs> just threw me under the bus. You didn't I, even What wait. I did
0: was I took Alex's, Alex's lunch money when he was already not going to eat lunch. I said, give me that, Alex. This is mine. It's mine I now. Know.
1: He... Yeah, crumpled up paper, spray painted. Mike
0: was here. I'm sorry, but you are for sure getting like the next three ones in a row. Oh, no, so yeah, yeah, uh, no, I. W- so I'm. I was thinking about this a lot. And do I put a song that I like a lot? Do I do a song feel is Dude, appropriate? Iconic song. Yeah, we think about these things sometimes. We, we sure do. And I, I have to go with one that just feels the best. But and that's what I recommend doing. That is going to be Shut the Door from Repeater. Thank you so much for listening and watching, everybody. See ya! Or shut the front door.